and welcome to the Jersey Football Chat. Today we are joined by Portuguese United founder David Pitta and of course Cass. How are we both doing? Yeah, really good. Thanks, Dan. Yeah, very well, thank you. Looking forward to another exciting chat with David and um, find out what he knows about local football. Absolutely. We'll start with uh, a quick question about yourself, David. Um, tell us about your football background. Who do you do, who do you support? Who did you look up to as a child? And did you play? Yeah, so for Everton, obviously in the English leagues and FC Porto in Portugal. Um, with Everton, it's just sort of just before the Rooney sort of era. I didn't really support a team as such, but my dad's a big Man United fan. So obviously I sort of followed United to a point, but didn't really support them. And yeah, just sort of Everton, that was my, that was my English team that I've always supported. A lot of ups and downs, obviously trying to get into the Champions League at one point, almost getting relegated the next season. So it's been a real roller coaster, but excited to see what the future's got in hold with Ancelotti at the helm at the moment. Doing really well. Did you play in Jersey growing up? Yeah, growing up, I did my junior football at Trinity. So obviously they had a really strong first team and reserves and the first team won a lot of stuff. Majority of the titles in the Channel Islands at the time, uh, Barry Beetson, David Lloyd, Peter Edwards, a lot of these players who are very well known in the island, a brilliant inf influence for me and the younger players coming through that helped us sort of go from the transition from junior football into senior football. Um, in terms of other clubs, I played for a little bit for Grooville, the old um, Jersey Portuguese, and that's pretty much it, really. And then obviously now we've set up Portuguese United, so I've had a few games there when we've been short. But yeah, it's excited to get involved with a new project. Absolutely. Um, as you say, you've played for Portuguese United. Didn't you get a goal as well? Yeah, I've scored it sort of already. <laughs> yeah. Against one of the other Portuguese teams, sports club in the cup. So I was thankfully able to score the winner in a 2 1 win from a free kick. So it's a nice little feeling. Free kick, dead ball. And are you player manager there, David? Uh, more manager, but due to injuries, obviously, oh, we've well. had to jump on the bench or start the odd game when we've come needed. On, but... Come on for the dead balls and then go off again. <laughs> That's it. Roll and roll off subs. Good, good. <laughs> So I'll move on to the next question then, Dan, just um, just to find out a little bit, David, when you, to Dan's point about previously playing in Jersey and, you know, you went away for a couple of years and you've sort of come back, have you seen a change to local football and um, probably with the, the addition of the Portuguese teams, but have you seen a change to local football in terms of maybe the Bulls guys and what, what's been left behind at the clubs? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I left, uh, moved to London the back end of 2016. And at the time, local football was sort of, I'll, I'll use the term dying. A lot of junior players not really playing, junior teams struggling, senior teams folding, not as much participation. So it's it was that sort of a, a difficult moment. And then obviously I followed it whilst I was away and the formation of the balls helped give the better players an opportunity to sort of play at a higher platform something that probably for a good 10 years, a lot of them have been crying out to have the opportunity to do. Yeah. I mean, they've been fortunate with the jersey, obviously, with yourself involved. And when Colts um, was previously involved, they won the Regions Cup as well. Yeah. Representing England. So it showed that we've always had the quality, 
it's just obviously the consistency with having the opportunity to play at the higher level, which something obviously when they play in the local leagues, you only get, let's say, four or five close games a season. The rest of it is fairly easy, which the majority would admit. Yeah. Would you say that's the way it was? But I mean, I, I agree with you. I think it was that way. But certainly in the last 12 months to, to, to a year and a half, you know, local youngsters getting more opportunity to play senior football and then proving that they're as good as some of the older guys. So that's actually given a lot of the senior players a little kick up the backside to get their fitness up so that they can compete, and which I think is making a really healthy uh, local league, both in the uh, Premiership and the Championship. Yeah, definitely. I have to agree with you 100%. The last year, year and a half, you've really seen, and there's been more sort of diversity in where the players are playing. So usually you used to have one, two or three teams that were really strong. Now there's sort of a bigger even keel with in terms of the quality and with all the youngsters coming through. There is, like, like you say, there's been some fantastic games that I've been able to sort of see this season and see highlights and follow what's been happening. And there have been some really, really good games with all teams involved, really. So that's, like you say, it's brilliant to see more youngsters coming through. Um, recently, we played actually against the St Paul's, and this is a team to mention, the St Paul's reserve team, which is all boys that I used to coach when they were 10, 11, 12, five, six years ago. And it was brilliant to see literally a whole team full of young players. Yeah. And I think, I don't think there was anyone over 30 in that squad. And that was only two or three that were in their mid to late 20s. The rest of the team was 18 and below, which was really good to see. Now, that's interesting you mentioned that because that's the team I'm helping with at the minute. I've, um, they're all under 18s, both two or three players, some under 17s. But they're not the only club doing it. I think there's other clubs trying it. And, you know, the St. Clements first team, for example, is full of under 18s as well. But I think it's just testament to the quality of the junior players that we produce. And then the commitment from all the other coaches and clubs to try and improve all the time because it's quite um, disheartening if you're a club that's not winning regularly and then, um, you know, to keep turning up week in, week out. And I think we're paying the sort of dividends now for all that hard work in the past that we're seeing good quality games, competitive matches as well. And, and like you said, David, um, you coach some of these players. How good is it to see those players that you coach? Was it at BSS? Brazilian yeah, yeah. How Brilliant, good yeah. is it to see them rise and carry on their football as well? Really, really good because especially nowadays it's easier for a kid to just jump on a PlayStation or an Xbox and not really have that passion or hunger for football like my generation and generation before us, you know, two training sessions, you wouldn't miss them a week. You played at the weekend for a senior team and on a Sunday you play as well in a junior football. So, I mean, it was something that it was like a religion to us. You know, you keep your boots clean every week and you'd be ready oh, wow. for training. Whereas sort of, I think in the last five, 10 years, you, you kind of lost that a little bit with the generation obviously that are here now. But in terms of local football, you see a lot of young faces and they seem committed and hungry to really prove how good they are. And like I said, probably the last 10, 15 years of like the centre of excellence, uh, the more games that the junior island teams are playing and all these junior um, competitions that there's also going on in Jersey and Guernsey, it gives them a platform to every year. They know they're going to get a lot of competitive action and it obviously it just helps them to nurture their talent and progress all the way through to senior football, which we're seeing now. Absolutely. Um, moving on to Portuguese United, uh, where did that first idea, when did the idea first come about to uh, form the club and how hard was it to get the players in or were they edging to get back into the football as well? Well, if I'm being 
2020 he's been a roller for a year but it was actually during lockdown so probably I want to say the last weekend before we went into lockdown there was a charity football tournament from Highlands College that a few of their students were organising so I put a team into that and I'd spoken to maybe five or six lads that one or two I'd played with previously others that they've played with and they sort of we came to the idea to maybe try and get a team together so we could bring sort of the Portuguese community together and get a little representative side and that was pretty much where it sort of came from yeah and then it's just discussions one-on-one -on -one, you know how word of mouth it just spread where they're saying oh the David's trying to set up a new team maybe a new club so the more interest that got that came I said yeah everybody's welcome it's a brand new club brand new start so it's just an opportunity to get things going um probably because of the fact we were in lockdown it was a lot easier to obviously set up a meeting with the JFA, speak to potential sponsors, speak to players because obviously they had a lot more time and they weren't really busy doing their normal day-to-day -day life. So in, in a way, it was probably quite easy to get the club set up. And let me think back, I think it's July. Yeah, so literally we're going on our fifth month now since we've sort of been up and running, which is crazy when you think about it. But yeah. I have to admit, it was very, had a lot of help from Jonathan LaFondre and um, Dave Kennedy with the initial meetings that we had and they really they were really welcoming and helpful to make sure that we did get everything going straight away so yeah it was really good to do yeah that was, that was going to be a question i was going to ask how easy or hard was it to get them on board obviously portuguese have an iffy background before this year this year personally i've loved going to the games and i've seen no trouble at all but before then how hard was it to get them on board or were they on it straight away yeah, so obviously I had discussions with Jonathan and obviously explained it was a new idea. Uh, I think just before I moved to London, no, just the year after I moved to London, that's when they got uh, kicked out of the league. So I'd sort of seen it sort of, let's say, bubble up to that point, that breaking point. And if I'm being honest, it's probably just five or six individuals that every club has issues with players and discipline sometimes because obviously the competitiveness of football it's again how you manage it and obviously having been involved firsthand I, I maybe saw some of the behaviours that I didn't like from my teammates maybe other ways that the club in terms of the management or committee could have dealt with certain situations in a different way and something that I said was very important is no matter how good a player is if he's a negative influence or he's going to disrupt all the work that you've done to start it's probably better off that they do leave or they go elsewhere so you can carry on because that's the thing again some of this is a point I had with the meeting is just there's a lot of individuals that cause trouble and they just hop to another team. But that club has to deal with the issues that they've sort of done. So it's, it's important to just sort of clarify that it was a brand new club. We weren't the old um, Jersey Portuguese who I played with previously. So we wanted to sort of start from zero again, try and get as many young players in it as possible and then sort of nurture and explain to them from the beginning you're representing the Portuguese community. Yes, it's not just only players. We've got Scottish players, English players as well, but predominantly we've got the sort of base from Portugal, Madeira, but it's important that we give a good image. Again, having good players like this, Carlos and other players that have played for many teams in Jersey, um, I knew the quality was there and obviously I was ambitious from the beginning to say we want to get promoted, which I still believe we will by the end of the season, but it's just important for them to sort of understand the bigger picture, not just about turning up to training and playing on a Saturday. It's the whole big thing. So then 5, 10, 15, 20 years, we can look back 
and we've hopefully still got something strong going with a positive image uh, maintained throughout. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, you've done a great job and really well presented there as well, David. So fair play to you and all your support team behind you in setting this up because I know it's not easy to get off the ground in any business and and I think the stigma around Portuguese community and football will be should be erased and we should start a clean slate and get behind people like yourself that uh, uh, and your team to encourage more Portuguese teams like we're going to come on to now in terms of the other two yeah. sides. And what Was this an idea that you, you all sat down with or was it just coincidence that it's all happened at the same time? Yeah, I think it's all just sort of coincidence. Obviously, Sports Club, I think they got formed the year before, which was sort of predominantly people that, obviously the five-a-side community has been very popular and strong for years in Jersey. So I think it's just a, a number of people that sort of played together. They wanted to sort of play 11-a-side, but maybe because of work or, again, this this is where I think the JFA comes in. It's the sort of the facilitating of explaining how simple and what you need, the principles in place for a club to be sort of set up and run. Um, and I think, again, once again, once you've set up that little foundation, it's very easy because you just have to explain to the players the importance of, for example, a new club. They'll, they'll have larger overheads due to training with not having their own pitch. But then the JFA and um, Sport, Leisure and Recreation, they put everything in place where you can have your training pitches. You can do block book bookings for the season. So I think it's quite easy. And as you can see, like the Dragals and Sports Club and us, we're training regularly. We're playing every Saturday. So it's really good to see yeah. the other doing it as well. Brilliant. No, good job and keep it up. And what is it like in that league? Um, as I say, I'm helping out at the moment, coaching the St Paul's Reserves or managing the, the games. And I see the three Portuguese teams up there at the top. They're all as good as each other on a given day. What? How is that sort of camaraderie and uh, competitive nature around? Is it, is it being seen as a, a good thing? And is everyone enjoying, enjoying the banter that goes with it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it just adds that spice because obviously you literally know everybody. So it's that in the games, it does bring out the best in you because you sort of know everyone's sort of strengths and weaknesses and you try and play to them as well. And it, it, it brings out, I think, the games that we've played so far against, obviously we played sports club twice, once in the league and once in the cup. They've both been very close games, very well fought out. Um, there's been no big trouble. There's been obviously cautions due to the sort of the fiery atmosphere created with the fans and everything, but that's normal something you'd see in example, St Paul's, Wanderers and the bigger teams. So, yeah, it's been good. I watched um, Dragals against Sports Club first game of the season as well. They both they played out a brilliant game with Sports Club edging them in the second half. But, yeah, they've, they've tried to play a good standard, a good way of football and expressing themselves and sort of testament to what they're trying to do and everybody's putting the work in behind the scenes as well is that they're sort of up towards the top uh, top end of the league. Sure. Ah, that's good. I've enjoyed. I've enjoyed watching them. So, in your league, then who stood out for you uh, in the games that you have played, and the, maybe the teams you played against? But is there any players in that league that have stood out that you like to share with us today? Um, well, so far, uh, let me look back. Well, we played. We played St Clements Reserves, a game we lost about three or four weeks ago, and obviously, haven't played for a long time. You know everybody, but Matty Rawlins in that division, he. I was thinking to myself, we should be playing much higher, but it's good to sort of see those players come down and play at that level. Yeah, still playing. It's a good, it's a good league. I mean, there's loads of games, loads of 25 games a season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's brilliant. It's really good to see. 
So, um, yeah, again, that's St Paul's. When we played St Paul's, I said to our lot after the game, we just edged them in a one, we only beat them 1-0. And I said to them, this team is going to cause a lot of trouble to all the other teams. And this was early on in the season. I said, let them find their rhythm. A lot of them, it was their sort of first introduction to senior football. I said, let them find their rhythm. Not many teams are going to beat them and they're up there as well. You know, so I think I think at the moment we're the only team that beat them. And I'll be honest, on that day, we're probably lucky to get the three points and beat them. But yeah, I was very impressed with and that. That is good. We did, we did speak about that in the last show about uh, Chrissy Andrews around um, junior players recognising that reserve football is a step up for them. And, you know, I think it is another good advocate of how good that reserve league is, how challenging and competitive. And it's enjoyable, right? It's not just a... You know, there's people that are fit and they're wanting, they're enjoying the football, their smiles, and you know, there's it's a proper competitive league that I'm well happy with um, to go and watch a game. And it's, you know, both teams are in it all the way, and mistakes are getting punished. And at that level, generally, it's a bit of a pub league, but it's definitely not. It's way above that. For sure. Yeah. For sure. And I've I've been to a good few of those in those leagues as well. The quality is just as well. The quality is great, and it, the games are just as enjoyable as any Premiership game that you go and watch. And um, I find for for Portuguese United as well, how good is it for the social side of things? Because I, I always see not not just the people on the pitch, but it's bringing people together to come to watch the football as well. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of interest from the next game at the beginning. They're always asking, "Where's your first?" Where's it going to be played at? Um, originally, we did want to play at Springfield, but obviously, due to everything COVID, that sort of didn't materialise. And obviously, the Bulls as well, didn't, they weren't able to play their home games um, due to a few things. But yeah, it's been brilliant. Well, yeah, and I'm hearing senior players that haven't got games going to watch those matches. I mean, yeah. I just think local football, considering the, 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 the amount of negativity you hear about it from the, the, the people that has been that used to be involved in the game, I just think they don't actually go and watch it because I'd rather go and watch a match like that than sit and watch a game on Sky that means nothing to me. I just think um, you know, support local and go and enjoy it. And yeah, the the the, the, the quality is maybe a little bit is definitely not as high, but ultimately the, the 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 local football community gets stronger for it. And make sure you guys realise you're doing a such such a good job and it was worthwhile putting together. Yeah, I have to admit. I mean obviously testament to what Dan's doing since the beginning. I remember speaking to him early on about it when he first set it up and I said, Dan, you're doing a great job. The idea is brilliant. And everyone's been able to see how what you started with just an initial idea of going to a few games and doing a few interviews. You got something much bigger now. You got sponsors involved. And yeah. this was something I remember you talked about at the beginning. I said, this, this, is what, this is what Jersey football needs. It's the interest. It's connecting the players with the fans, with you know, local clubs and everybody seems to be helping each other and promoting each other, which is fantastic. Previously, maybe there was like big rivalries and you didn't really want to help and facilitate things for others. But it seems to be everyone's come together for the greater good to make exactly what we've created with this, like the local Jersey community. And it's brilliant. And hopefully it content continues for the Jersey team, the Bulls, Parishes of Jersey, and just everybody jumps on and supports everything that everyone's doing, which is great. For sure. Thank you, mate. Um, as you know, I've been to a lot of the Portuguese United women's games as well. How good is it to create that team as well and get those together as a social as well and both to improve their football as well? 
yeah, so how that came about, just we spoke about creating a men's team. And then one of the guys that was involved, he bumped into one of the girls that used to play for St. Paul's ladies years ago. And she said, oh, do you think we'd be able to get a ladies team involved? Obviously, when I got pitched the idea, I said, if she can get her and 10 other players involved, yeah, we'll try and do our best to sort of get it from there. And it's really grown. We've got, I think the youngest player we've got is 17 or 18 and all the way to 52 years old. So one of the ladies is 52. So incredible to see sort of the age range and players that have played previously in clubs and people that have never played football before. So yeah, it's brilliant to sort of create that platform for them to come together and play. For sure. With the Greville game as well, a couple of weeks ago, they went and got their first win. How good were you at that game and how good was it just to see their faces at the end when they've won a game as well? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> a sort of spirit and unity, something I've never seen, especially for a team that's just set up and they've come on the other side of sort of some heavy defeats. So it's really good to see their enthusiasm, their passion, their enjoyment. And again, obviously, the first thing was scoring their first goal. It was as if they'd won the game. And then getting their first win, they were delighted and over the moon. And credit to Grooville, on another day, they probably could have beat us. It was it was that close. It was end-to-end, yeah. following the nil-nil draw that they played previously in the league. And the other club as well, um, Roselle, the St. Lawrence and Wanderers, they're, they're all respecting it and they all love it as well. Uh, it's great to see. That was really interesting there. And um, following on from the women's football side, what about um, the plans you've got for the Portuguese United having a junior set up? Because I know that's something in the past has been close to your heart and you've, you know, your, your, your pathway has been a lot about focusing on development. Yeah, definitely. Um, junior football is something I was passionate and involved about before and I really want to get it going. But hopefully post-COVID, I was going to try and get it done before Christmas, but it's looking a little bit unlikely now due to all the regulations. But the future is to have a pathway through for the senior team from junior football. So would that be considering talking about like minis under 10s and then trying to get an, some of the community involved from that and the wider community that uh, may not have access to some of the clubs for one or other reason? Yeah, 100%. I think what we'll start off is obviously do minis and then under 16 to 18. So try and pick up the players that maybe aren't at a club and get them playing regularly again. Hopefully next year we get an under 18s. That's sort of the idea. And you can yeah. just fill the schools and the minis as they evolve. You've got a new generation every year yeah. that can just up through. And then obviously with what's going on, give them regular football. Well, that's definitely the way to plan. I mean, build your own and grow your own is the way to go. There's enough kids there. And I think you're hitting the nail on the head in terms of uh, an age where the crossroads comes in and you see a drop-off. And if we could, uh, get, you know, if you've got an under-16s there, uh, sort of an age where they very where can be very easily influenced on not enough football for me, I'm going to stop, or not enough of my mates playing, I'm going to go and do what my mates are doing. So that idea around a 16 and 18-year-old team would, would, would fit in really well, I think, and look forward to seeing that soon, if that's something you've got in your plans. Yeah, definitely. Hopefully, obviously, we're, sort of, we're in talks with a few schools to try and do something where we can get players that aren't maybe involved with clubs training once a week, and then from here to the end of the season, give them sort of maybe set up some friendlies with different clubs and give them an opportunity to play. Yeah, well, 
I mean, being involved in the juniors, there's definitely a lot of players, and I think what they, a lot of these players need maybe more teams to get more games. So the more clubs that set it up, you may have to start uh, at the lower end of the ladder in terms of what players you get in, but ultimately you get them in through the door. And I think if you're successful and you train well and you're organised, it attracts more people, doesn't it? So good luck with that. That'd be a great thing to see you getting up and running. Thank you, yeah. For sure. Like, And for long-term, obviously that is one of your long-term goals, create a kind of youth system. Uh, but what else for Portuguese United? Is it just a case of grow and see where it goes and hopefully even climb up the leagues in the men's men's section and just keep developing the women's section? Yeah, hopefully. I mean, the, the, the long-term goal is to try and get in the premiership so you're playing against... Jersey's best. Um, get a reserve team put in as well. Once we get promoted, we'll introduce a reserve team. So that'll be a mixture of the under-18s that we'll have regularly playing and training, plus additional players that come in. And then from there, if things go well and obviously all the clubs maintain, possibly the opportunity to get a C team, which would be great. I do believe there's enough players and it's uh, we've probably had from the beginning, since we set up the club, over a hundred people get in contact, whether they came to us or went to other clubs. But so I, I believe, I really do believe that there's, I think every club, senior men's team anyway, that hasn't got a second team, there is the possibility for them to grow and just get more people involved. And I think they just need to be more aware of sort of the platform and how to get involved to clubs. And yeah, that's the aim. And again, with the ladies team, obviously I'm not exact. I need to sort of get back in touch with how the junior football is, if it's still mixed or is it, girls teams that play with boys to a certain age and then from there we're able to sort of build and create for the future with them and give them regular football for sure and you touched on the reserves you matched up against the athletic boys the jersey athletic rugby boys how was that game as well just to touch on that yeah i mean we played them in bc played them recently for lads that sort of aren't and a few players coming back from injury and the first game was a two-all draw and credit to them for the whole 90 minutes they were right at us and they made it really hard and we played out a two-all draw, but a lot of our boys sort of said, oh, they're a bit too physical. And I said, well, that's going to encourage you to play the ball at a faster pace, two touches, which is something we tried to implement from the beginning to play like a quicker football. And then it gives the players the opportunity to think, right, why am I getting fouled? Why am I, am I allowing the opposition to get on top of me and injuring me? So yeah, again, increase the reaction and getting them moving quicker. Good. Uh, just just um, one question and to add to that, Dan, just while you're on the subject of the league, who do you tip then to be promoted from the league that you're in? Is it, is it two teams that go up? Yeah, that's right. It's two teams that go up. So who, who's your prediction on what two teams are going to go up from that league? Yeah, I believe us and the St Paul's Reserves. If I, that's And I said that from the since we played them. So we played sports club, played with the others. That's the two teams, I believe. It's, it'll be very close. I think there'll be maybe four, five. It'll, there'll be a difference of like four or five points between the top sort of three or four, I reckon, by the end of the season. Because again, with having such a big calendar, you're playing so many games, so it's going to be tough to maintain that winning sort of yeah. form. And it, helps, the and it helps having a junior section just continually feeding into that squad numbers when games, especially with the games being postponed as well. Fixtures are going to get um, probably two or three a week, but I have heard that there's a potential of the league season being extended, so um, 
Yeah, it'd be nice to get good games of football in nice weather, wouldn't it? Rather than uh, sort of yeah. some of the muddy stuff we've um, we've had recently. But so I'll keep an eye on that one, David. Then, and I'm sure we'll speak again because uh, be interesting to see how you go. I've not seen Portuguese United yet, but look forward to that one. Okay. It, it's certainly a very good league and one to follow and one that I think that should get more coverage for sure. So, uh, well done for what you're doing uh, with Portuguese United. It's really good to see. Um, thank you for coming on as well. Thank you very much for the invite, Dan and Cass. Thank you very much. It's great to share a little bit about what we're doing and what we're trying to create and give back to this amazing community that we've created all together here in Jersey. Yeah, well, we better let you see the little ones singing away in the background there, mate. So, um, <laughs> certainly got a kids again, these Christmas carols in early there. But great, great to speak to you again. And, um, I just look forward to hearing the, the success and the progress you guys are making. Great job and well done. Thank you very much. Thank you.